You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one podcast for all things communication, advertising, and marketing. I'm your host, Ted Lau, award-winning agency owner, podcaster, and full-time dad. Today, we have with us again our friend, Karina Kogan. Since the last time we connected, Karina has taken on the role of Chief Marketing Officer at Aura, makers of the Aura Ring. Karina oversees all aspects of global marketing, including product marketing, brand strategy, advertising, creative, ambassador, social, communications, e-com, and partnerships. So previously, if you didn't catch our last episode, Karina was the SVP of Global Head of Marketing at Peloton, where she led the company through a time of immense growth, overseeing go-to-market for all Peloton-connected fitness and digital products, as well as media, lifecycle, corporate wellness, and marketing analytics. Karina is based on the East Coast and lives in New Jersey with her husband, two kids, and two dogs. Karina, welcome again. Thank you so much. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to, to intro. Uh, there is. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot to intro because you know you've done a ton. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, so last time we chatted, you 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 were spearheading Peloton during the whole you know COVID era, and and Peloton was the brand, and here you are. I feel like every time you know, at least looking through your career journey, you seem to have really impeccable timing, and you kind of hop to the next hot thing, and here you are now at Aura. So maybe you know, tell us a bit about that transition and what you're doing there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I loved my time at Peloton. It's such an incredible brand. Such a such a sticky product. Such a disruptive product. So much. It just. It's meant so, so much to so many people. And so I'm really proud of the work uh, that I did at Peloton and love still following along with what the brand is doing. And but yeah. Um, uh, about last fall, um, I decided it was sort of time to to try something new and embark on my next sort of adventure. I uh, got a chance to meet with some of the leadership, excuse me, leadership team at Aura, and was really excited and impressed by the product. Um, as a marketer, one of the big questions you always ask yourself is like, is their product market fit? Do people want this? Is there willingness to pay? Is you know, are people going to want and love this product over time? And I had ha- I had an aura ring and I loved it. And so there was just sort of a natural progression from being a customer of the of, of aura to saying, oh yeah, I actually really want to market this thing. I want to tell more people about it. I I I feel like I could I can make an impact and. Um, I want to build this brand. And so just one thing led to the next and here I am. Yeah. And now as, as the CMO of the company, so really, really excited. I love, I love Aura Ring. I love, I love what we're doing. So I'm excited about this next phase of my career, but also, um, of bringing more auras to the world, <laughs> more auras to the world. Well, I yes. mean, I think it's a lot of marketers, um, really dream to find products that they actually use themselves, fall in love with. And then, you know, they end up being in charge of the marketing. So tell me about, you know, what you're, you're bringing to the table, what, what you thought, you know, when you experienced it and fell in love with it, you know, what, what did you see as kind of the next evolution for, for Aura? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, that there is, and and we were looking at this even at Peloton, there is a, a big shift of by consumers, um, into self-care, more self-care, right? And as a matter of fact, in, in the healthcare category, there is a big secular shift from sick care to self-care, right? Not just, hey, when you get sick, you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a prescription and then you take that medication and then you're better and you forget to take care of yourself. I think more and more consumers are wanting to take control of their health, wanting to be active participants in their health and well-being, both mental, emotional, and physical well-being. People are, thanks to COVID, actually, you know, whatever, thanks, no thanks. I don't mean that in like, I'm happy because of COVID. But COVID really made us, I think, reckon with the fact that we have to build up our immune systems. We have to be healthy. We have to take care of ourselves um, if we want to prevent disease. Not that, that, that COVID is... Uh, you know, uh, it's a pretty indiscriminate virus, but, um, 
But I think it, it, it has forced a lot of us to think a lot about wanting to just be healthy every day. And Aura does that for you. Aura helps you um, take more of a front row seat in your health every day because you wake up and Aura helps you see how well you slept. It tells you if you didn't sleep well, here are some things you might want to do to maximize your sleep. Sleep is the foundation of good health, by the way. Um, Aura tracks your daytime heart rate. Aura does a lot of things in the sense that it listens to your body and then it gives that biometric data back to you so that you can make better decisions every day on how to live a healthier life. I love that, right? Because fitness is just one component of good health. Nutrition is another component of good health. Sleep, right? All these things together make us healthy. And so Aura is really comprehensive in that way. Now, I'm going to ask you a little maybe a tougher question, yeah. you know, because you're a seasoned pro on Marketing News Canada now as a guest. And so, yeah. you know, this this space is great, right? Healthcare, self, self-care. Yet there's a lot of wearables. There's a lot of other products on the market that are, are your direct competition, like Fitbit. Apple has, you know, the, the health app. And there's, you know, countless types of, of these these out there. Um, now, the product itself is quite stunning. I, I remember catching some of the advertising and it was, it was quite beautiful. But how do you, how are you tackling this soon to be oversaturated? It seems to be like a, a, a soon to be oversaturated market with, with all these kind of wearable products. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, where there's demand, there's going <laughs> to, supply is going to probably travel a little bit. Um, I, I think there's a few things that are, make Aura special and unique. One, of course, is the form factor. As you noted, it's a beautiful product, but it's a ring as opposed to a wrist-worn wearable. I think there's you know historically been more wrist-worn competition, um, a lot of people vying for the real estate on your wrist than on your finger. Um, but Aura is this really light, four to six grams, like just beautiful... Um, ring that you put on and you forget about it, right? Like you put it on and you just go on with your life. There's no screen, there's no haptics, there's no, you know, nothing to click, (laughs) right? It connects to your phone. That's where you get your data. But Aura is kind of in many ways in the background of your life. Um, And that I think makes it really special. I also, because we are measuring your biometric data from the inside of your palm, you know, from your finger, um, there is some advantages to the accuracy of Aura. In, in some cases, we are more accurate than some of the wrist-worn products out there. And when it comes to your health, like accuracy doesn't seem like the thing to skimp on. Like that's, <laughs> that's a pretty important uh, feature. So I'm really proud of Aura's accuracy. Um, there also, I, I mentioned sleep. Aura has been traditionally better at sleep than almost any other product on the market, like short of going to like a sleep lab (laughs) or is the sleep lab on your finger. Um, And we believe that sleep is foundational to good health, right? There's so much, when you sleep, your body repairs itself. It purges toxins. It improves your metabolic health. It consolidates memory so that you can, you know, you remember things, which is kind of important. Um, And over time, also great sleep can help um, prevent chronic diseases, right? Uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, cardiovascular health. Good sleep is the foundation to so many other positive health outcomes. And so to the extent that Aura is is really the best at sleep, um, I think it, 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 it offers that kind of competitive advantage. Um, and it, you know, it does, it, it plays in the space that is much further beyond, further ahead of the sort of activity and fitness tracker, right? We all started and the category started as like the count your steps category. And I think we've moved way past that. And, um, and I like where Aura plays in, to that extent, you know? So then how does like UI and gamification all fit into this? Like you said, it started with, 10,000 steps or 15,000 steps. And yeah. now it's like, you know, manage your sleep, manage your eating, all that kind of stuff. Like, so for, yeah. it must be, you know, uh, we're talking about the product, but there is the other side of it, you know, all the data is on your phone and how do you keep the, the customer, the user motivated and engaged? Um, well, the first is to synthesize that the data, the biometric data into content that is like 
easily understood and digestible, right? Like you don't want to like read an electrocardiogram when you wake up in the morning or whatever, like, right? We're not doc. So, so one of the things I love about Aura is that, it, you know, it has three scores that it gives you every morning every and every day, right? Uh, one of them is your sleep score. And so by, by, by digesting all of this deep data into three scores, you asked, you talked about gamification. It's less of a game, but it is by, by giving you a score, it's something that most consumers can easily understand on a scale of one of 100, one to 100, how well did I do? And then based on that score, if you want to click in and go deeper and see, well, how much REM did I get? How much deep sleep did I get? What was my sleep latency? Like how long did it take me to fall asleep? What was my HRV throughout the night? You can click in and see that kind of detail. But by providing the three scores from the outset, I think it makes the content very accessible and, and, and just easy to understand day in and day out. Um, the other thing we're doing with, with, um, within the app is adding a ton more content. So there's, you know, meditations and breath work. There's lots of other content uh, in what we call the Explore tab. So in addition to all your biometric data, the personalized content and insights and recommendations on, so see here, here's how you can improve based on how, how you're performing. There's also some other content that's guided that can help you get, you know, get better results, which I think is, feels, is really comprehensive. Um, but we, we also try not to, one of the things I love about Aura is it's like, it tries not to bother you. I think, did you see The Social Dilemma? Yes, I did. did I yes, yes. There's Watched it, app. had a lot of conversation with, yeah. with, you know, parents my age talking about, you know, the poison that is social media and blah, blah. I didn't love it personally, the, the documentary, but anyway, I did watch it, yes. Well, the one thing that I wanted to say, that comment that came for me that was like illuminating about that documentary was the extent to which it started to talk about how with some technology, you become the product, right? Yeah, absolutely. You are the product. Uh -huh. Not the product's the product and you're the user, you become the product. And I think Aura is very mindful. You're in control. You're, we're just there to assist you to access what's within. It's your biometric data. You want to read it. You want to understand it. You want to go deeper. You want to see how you're feeling. You want to know why you feel how you feel. Aura is there to give that to you. But I don't, Aura is a very human first technology. And that's one of the things I've always loved about it, right? Is it's not, even from the form factor and how comfortable and light it is, to even the design of the app and the whole ecosystem, it's meant to complement your life. It's not meant to take it over. That's fantastic. Now, yeah. talking about human first, you're providing lots of content, and I think those are absolutely important things, you know, meditation and whatnot. Do you use the collective data that you guys grab to, to build new content, or how, how is the content informed for the app? Yeah, so in some content is informed in the sense that, um, you know, if, let's keep, let's stick with the sleep, um, experience. You know, I am, for, for example, my own personal information is that I typically sleep enough hours, but I don't get very good deep sleep. Now deep sleep's important and Aura will break it down for me. It'll tell me, here's how much time you spent in REM. Here's how much time you spent in deep sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Aura t helps me, you know, when I get a bad sleep score, it can say to me, for example, Hey, Drinking caffeine late in the day can, you know, hurt your ability to get a good sleep. A late workout, a late meal. Um, it, it gives me information that helps inform decisions that I might make so that as I go through my day, I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe. That fourth you know, cup of coffee at four o'clock, not so good. Yeah, yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe I shouldn't do that, right? If I'm gonna go, you, you know, if I'm gonna go out tonight, I know that if I decide to drink, drinking earlier is better. Like drink, like have an earlier happy hour. That will actually, it's not telling me don't drink, but it's just saying, it's just, I know now if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna sip on a cocktail, have it a little earlier and that'll maximize my chances of getting more restful sleep. And so I think there's that content that's sort of really designed to help you be more informed and make better decisions, make better choices throughout your day so that you can feel good tomorrow. And then there's this um, 
content that's personalized and really customized to you and gives you insights to make better decisions. And then we have content in the ecosystem that's more like programming, right? Like the, like, you know, like meditation content, for example, or bedtime stories. Um, that's not personalized, you know, content, but that content that I can access to help me get to sleep better. It's useful programming. So, or as content ecosystem, I think is, is very, you know, is varied, right? There's like the sleep, there's the data, right? Which is one form of content. Then there's the content that helps you process, understand the data. There's the recommendations that are based on your, your data. And then there's this programming, which really enriches the environment and gives you access to tools that helps you, you know, like I said, helps you get to sleep, helps you, um, kind of de-stress, right? We're all real stressed right now, let's be real. So there's other content there that's kind of, you know, useful programming like that. That's really cool. Now, okay, we've talked about the product, we've talked about the yeah. app, let's talk yeah. about the marketing. How, how yeah. do you, being the head honcho when it comes to all things marketing for Aura, what, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing differently? Is there stuff to do differently or is there a bunch of low hanging fruit that they hadn't done uh, prior to you joining? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge <clears throat> for marketing the Aura Ring and the category in general is education. Um, I think if you say to someone, smart ring, wearable device, you know, health platform, <laughs> you know, the average consumer knows is not like, well, oh, of course, that's a thing that does, you know, sleep staging analysis like that. The, 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 you know what I mean? So, um, so we, we definitely have to produce what I call hardworking brick to forehead straight through the front door kinds of marketing communications where not only are we, you know, sort of positioning our, our product beautifully and, and romantically and, and kind of, you know, um, you know, creatively, right? Because, you know, there's all the, all the we want to make gorgeous advertising, but we also have to work really hard on education why should you care right we have to you know communicate that to the consumer you know we started this conversation talking about peloton you know if i say peloton you say spin bike if i say nike you say running shoes if i say coke you say soda if i say aura what do you you know like what are you gonna say right hopefully you say smart ring or health platform <laughs> you know but but we're not there yet as a brand and as a category right mm -hmm. If I say Apple, you don't say Apple Watch. You probably say phone. Which is actually different now because it used to be computers, remember? It used to be computers, right? But, but Tim Cook has said that he wants his legacy to be in health and wellness, right? But the brand is still very much tethered to the phone. Um, so I think, I think that um, we are, with our marketing, both building our brand and defining the category and the product at the same time, right? We, we have to, it's, this is what I mean, it has, the material has to be very hard working. Um, and also because we're a ring, you know, I can show you beautiful photography of consumers, lifestyle photography of consumers wearing our ring, and how are you gonna know, there's no screen on it, there's mm -hmm. no, like how are you gonna know if I show you that, that it's, what that ring can do. You don't know, you don't you know what I mean? Like you can't just look, you don't look at it and say, oh, obvious. If I showed you someone drinking a beverage, you're like, well, that's a spot for a beverage, right? That's true. <laughs> if I show you someone wearing a ring, you're like, is it jewelry? Is it, right? So that's what I mean by we have to, we have to really work hard in, 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 our, in our marketing communications to express what this is, what it can do for you, why you should care. Um, and, and, and it is hard. But and are is, you are you doing this uh, internally? Are you working with agency partners to to come up with this message? I mean, it's very exciting. You're you're creating yeah. a category, right? So, yeah. but it that's that's basically trailing a completely new or blazing a completely new trail. Sorry, uh, yeah. right? And how how do you go about it as a seasoned marketer? Um. Yeah. I mean, we definitely you know we 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 have an, an in house creative team that's amazing. Um, and then, you know, on and off, we tap various agencies or production companies, you know, different creatives. Um, we haven't been with any one agency for very long, not because we don't think our agency partners aren't great. Um, but we, we've definitely been, um, you know, a little bit more in the driver's seat lately. 
uh, it doesn't mean that we're not open to, to you know, I, I, I actually really love working with agencies. I love di having diverse points of view and I really love when people who don't work for the brand look at your creative and tell you what they see, right? It's like you mentioned you have a kid, I have two kids. Like, you ever notice that like, your kid might grow an inch, but you'll never notice, <laughs> right? Because you see them every day. See them every day. You see them every day. But then, you you know, you go, you go whatever, you fly back to Ohio for Thanksgiving. I don't know if you're- <laughs> Definitely not from Ohio. I know you're not from Ohio, but you know what I mean? Like you go, you know, you go visit family for Thanksgiving and your aunt is like, oh my God, these kids have grown so much. And yeah, you're absolutely. like, no, they haven't. You know what I mean? But so people, I feel that way about, you know, agencies, right? Is sometimes they can see, they can, they can cap, they see things you don't see. They see opportunities. So I, I really love partnering, um, but or right now, it's not like we've consistently partnered with one AOR. Yeah. And then is there any uh, platforms or, or social media that you think would would be beneficial to be using uh, or are you guys deploying for for Aura or is it just kind of the same platform? It's just education. I was blown away when I joined Aura and they were all about TikTok. And mm -hmm. I was like, why are you on like? You know, because I, I, I had a bias going into it that like TikTok was just for kids and and that like, well, are people on TikTok going to buy a product that improves their health? Aren't young people already healthy? Kind of thing? Like I had all the like old lady biases, you know, like are they really going to spend $300 on our product? And um, even though, you know, we offer financing and, you know, through a firm, it's zero down, zero APR, 25 bucks a month. I mean, it's, it's still, it could be a very accessible product. But for some reason, I had this bias that, like, TikTok wasn't a place for us. And I've been really blown away ever since I've delved in and, and looked with my own eyes and seen what a world of, first of all, young people talk about sleep all the time. Do they really? Yes. They are so aware of how, well, I, listen, from a macro cultural perspective, right? And you look at like the great resignation and mm -hmm, all this stuff mm -hmm. happening right now. Young people are very much in touch with the fact that they've experienced a lot of emotional, mental, and physical stress, right? And, and that like, and there's like, there's a real rejection of hustle culture right now among young people, they, right? Like, are you working from home or, you know, living at work? Like, right? Like what's happening? Like, oh, okay. and I think young people are, are, and older generations, but more young people are rejecting a lot of that hustle culture, work 80 hours a week, you gotta put in the time, blah, blah, blah. And they recognize that like getting sleep and waking up and feeling refreshed and like spending time on themselves is a big part of what's going to make them successful in their lives. And they don't necessarily define success solely through salaries or job titles. And that is something that I think Aura obviously validates and encourages, right? You to be your, you, for you to live to your fullest potential you have to embrace all aspects of yourself and your health is, is central to that. And so I was, I've been really blown away That's by how, what a cool environment TikTok is for that kind of content. There's a lot of influencers on there who talk about health, wellness, sleep, meditation, you know, yeah. And so, so we, 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 to answer your question, TikTok was one surprise for me, but we, we, had, we have a very robust channel mix. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Well, let me let, let's continue on that TikTok train because I I wanted to hear you know for for yourself and, and you you mentioned this old lady bias. I have an old man bias, I guess. Insofar, I had the very similar um, thoughts about around TikTok un- until very recently. Yet, I wanted to understand: Are you seeing direct causal relations between you know content you put on TikTok to sales, or is it part of your content marketing strategy? And there's a con- different conversion strategy. Yeah, it's a great question. It's the latter. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you or your listeners that our best CAC comes off of TikTok. That's not true. I don't think of TikTok as like a performance marketing channel. I do think of it as a conversational environment, a content marketing environment. Um, I mentioned to you earlier that we're really focused on product education. I think TikTok gives you space, right? To, to do education, to have a conversation, to spend time and, and right? Like without like, crazy limitations, a 15, a 30, a six, right? Like the classic marketing formats are, are not on TikTok. It's a more flexible environment. And so, yeah, so I think, uh, it is the latter. It is not, it is not like if it's like, if like, I need to like, okay, move some money into efficiency. TikTok's not at the top of the list. No. Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> then with regards to with regards to you know the products in which you've marketed the last two Peloton being a, a higher end product, Aura also being you know not I wouldn't call it uh, overly expensive but you know if you're talking to a younger audience as well that's that's a, a little investment too and then you talked about you know a firm and the buy now pay later type uh, culture that's happening do you see that as integral part of your marketing message or is it kind of the after they've made the decision and hey, we're offering this as a payment option that you can have. I've always been a firm believer, both at Peloton and at Aura, that our job as marketers, especially when we're marketing products that are highly considered purchases, right? As opposed to like commodities or, you know, where you shop based on price. Um, when When you have a product like that, what you need to communicate to the consumer is value not price. It's about value. What are you going to get for your money? Are you, is it going to be worth it? Right? Cause that's what the consumer is asking. If I make this investment, is it going to be worth it? Am I going to use it? Am I going to get all the value out of it? Is it going to change my life? And that is our job, right? To show and then deliver on that value. Because if you can help somebody live a healthier life, you, it's hard to put a price on that. That is high value. If you can help someone sleep better, feel less stressed, you can help people, right? You can help people kind of unlock longev- more longevity, more just all of the things that we just talked about. That is worth a lot, right? That is almost invaluable. And so I don't, I don't ever like you know, thinking about, hey, how do I, I mean, yes, obviously I want consumers to know that they, they're, to feel the fewest number of barriers to entry. And if financing removes a barrier to a consumer because the initial outlay is lower and they're only paying 25 bucks a month and there's no interest, I want them to know that. That's important. It's an important part of my mix. But at the end of the day, that's not what I want to say about my product. Yeah. What I want to say is every dollar is worth it. And, and, and you're going to get way more value for this, right? Absolutely. Value, yeah. value is super important. I, I always tell my clients, I don't want you to race to the bottom, right? When it right. comes to, because it doesn't, it doesn't work. I just, you touched upon it and we, I had a conversation with someone else about that whole buy now, pay later culture. And I thought maybe that's just, you know, in that, in that, conversation the public discourse now and I thought maybe there's an advantage somehow but anyway we we can we can move on yeah I think first I think people like not having to like put put you know pay pay for everything right away and the and the the fact that the 
you give consumers options, especially with no financing, is great. I mean, we, you want, of course, you always want to give consumers choice and you want to, like I said, remove any barrier for them. And yeah. Now, let's talk about identifying trends. Like, uh, you know, if we go back through Karina's LinkedIn profile, yeah, you seem to have really great timing. You know, yeah. like you seem to hop on and hop off right at the kind of, you know, rye, you know, the beginning of a, of, a, of a bull rally, if we want to use the stock market uh, kind of analogy. And then you kind of you kind of jump off when when the next bull rally in another company in terms of their trend um, happens. So how do you do it? What's your trick? What's your secret? Yeah, I wish I could tell you I'm a futurist. I did read a bunch of, you know, trend you know, post-college when I was getting into marketing, I was always reading books about like trend forecasting, for example, but I don't think that, I don't think that's like, I'm not sure if that's what informed it. For me, it's always been very uh, personal. It's been about, does, is this interesting? Do do I, do I want to solve this problem? Do I like this thing? Um, And the other thing, because I started my career um, in Silicon Valley, in you know 1998 at the start of the dot-com bubble i think i naturally fell into to technology and so part of part of working in tech is you're always looking at what's next what's next what's next so there's just the culture of working in tech um you know i started my career in video gaming which was like the og of like tech enabled media i think we talked about that maybe the last time we met and so i've always been interested in like what is the where is tech going um, how is tech going to change my life next? And, and what content interests me? Um, you know, I worked at Warner Media um, when AT&T, you know, I started there before the AT&T acquisition, but worked on like the transformation to, 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 to mobile viewing and over the top viewing with, you know, kind of as, as people were moving from um, linear cable to more on-demand type experiences and and um like I I didn't you didn't need to tell like like nobody Karina from the future didn't need to come back and tell me this is the next best thing because I just knew it was a good experience I knew that I liked it I liked binge watching House of Cards on Netflix I'm like oh they're onto (laughs) something right like you don't have to go five years into the future and tell me like people are still gonna want to do this and people are still gonna want to like you know um kind of watch stuff on their mobile phone, mm-hmm. especially as the internet gets faster and like you don't have buffering, right? Like that's going to be very convenient. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers your question. It's again, it, for me, it's always been about where is tech going? Do I like this? Is it solving a problem? And do I like this thing? Do I like this content? Would I use it myself? And if the answer is yes, I've usually been really into giving it a shot. All right. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, let me ask you that. Where do you think tech is going, right? We got... We talked about wearables. You're mm-hmm. in a new category. Yeah. I would imagine. So I, I had a, a client who once upon a time had worked on the, the first PlayStation. And he told me that mm-hmm. by the time they were working on that, they were already planning PlayStation 3 or 4, like the next mm-hmm. generation of what's to come. Now, I don't want you to give away any, you know, aura secrets or anything like that. But, you know, at a high level, do you, do you see anything? Because you're on the forefront, right? Do you see anything that's where tech is going that you might want to share with our audience? Yeah, I mean, obviously, in, in look, in the health industry, I think we're seeing how much sort of tech-enabled healthcare is both um, empowering and improving consumers' ability to like access their data, take action, et cetera. There's also a lot happening with kind of a lot of products being also FDA approved, right? And to the extent that um, eventually some of these products or services can be covered by your insurance, it reduces the cost, um, which is super interesting. Um, so th- that kind of synergy between, you know, this this category and, and, and being able to get some of these products sort of into the approved medical device category, right? Which then starts to be really interesting and really innovative, I think is, I think is promising. Um, unrelated to healthcare, uh, we talked about this a little bit at the last, on our last call, but like you really see it now, talk about us, you know, a year ago, mm-hmm. talking about 
digital currency is not going away. Nobody is going to, you, five, when your kids are your age, they won't know what a physical dollar uh, mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They My daughter, who's eight, asked me how much a quarter was, and I didn't know if I should be ashamed or proud because I was like, well, I guess that's not important because when in your life are you ever going to use a quarter? I don't carry change anymore. Are you kidding? That's my right? point. Yeah. Right. And so you, but you, but we never stop to like reflect on the fact that actually these, you know, current generations are just going to use their phones, right? Like nobody's oh, yeah. going to buy anything with a credit card or an ATM card or like in the same way that the phone displaced the camera, it is displacing the wallet. If you are, if you own stock in like a wallet company, divest, right? <laughs> a wallet making company. See, when you actually said wallet, I was actually thinking the crypto wallet companies. Digital right? wallet. Of right? No, exactly. I'm of that, like IRL wallet that you put in your pocket. No, no, like, no, no. Not, happening. not but happening. That's, yeah, not happening. So I think that, I mean, that's maybe that's not a forecast that's already here, I suppose. But I just think the, the extent to where it's going, right? Can you imagine traveling and all of a sudden you know you're just you're just using your phone you never have to go to a currency exchange you never like there's you never have to bust out your visa you're just swiping absolutely true and it's kind of scary right have you not been in the moment where you misplace your phone you're like oh no my life right where's my life because everything now is on the phone right it is it's also scary because you do wonder like what you know like what my data, my, you know, it's, it's, it's all, yeah, there's no backup. Well, I, you know, we, we try, at least in my household, we try to put everything that I probably shouldn't like commend a large corporation, yeah. but like, you know, I, all our data is on Apple and, and that's why, like, if I lose a phone, I just sign up to my iCloud and, you know, here we go again. Right. There's, there are those things. I think you have to have to though, as a brand really mean it when you're saying that you're you're going to protect the privacy, right? There was a lot of questions about Apple's privacy laws and all that kind of stuff. And I think they've, over time, Tim Cook has communicated a little bit better around the privacy. And and I, actually, that would be a really good next question. And, you know, when it comes to privacy, you know, you guys are taking biometric data of, of your consumers. And so how do you how do you go about protecting it? How do you go about communicating that protection? You know, like there are people like myself. Yeah, I've worn a Fitbit in, my, in the past. I've used um, health apps, so I'm okay with it. Someone that is maybe not so used to it or someone like my parents for the, I, there's no way I'm giving my mom an aura ring. Right? I don't think that she should be like, what do you mean? It has, I can, I can get my data. Like what, you know, that would, so how do you communicate? Do you communicate that message? Do you need to? Maybe the demo that you're talking to doesn't need to communicate, to be communicated with that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we uh, obviously, you know, everybody says this, but it's true. We take data very seriously. We're actually a European-based company, and I think culturally, you know, Aurora was founded in Finland, and culturally, the, 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 there's just, in general, like, I think that the culture at Aura, the DNA of Aura has always been very much grounded and sensitive to privacy and security. And um, and that data, your, your data is yours to read and use. It's not data <laughs> we, we do anything else with, right? Other than pass it back to you. Um, I um, I think what's interesting is does your does your mom? I mean, I think what you many folks don't realize is we've already like does your I know your mom probably doesn't use Apple Pay, but your mom. I presumably has an iPhone or an Android and a credit card and all that kind of stuff. It's all that, but my point is, there's a lot of her data is already sitting. And I was like, mom, who's, who's going after mama allows, you know, data. Come on, seriously. Like, you know, but yeah, you, know, you don't know. Right. Don't know. So you never, well, but to your point, you, of course there's, you know, you never know. Right. Like, like you said, um, companies change, mm-hmm. policy changes, regulation changes, legislation changes, whatever, right? Um, I think we're living at a time right now where most consumers are really sensitive about giving their data away and protecting their data. And I think companies are following suit and being responsible. Certainly Aura is, 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 takes it seriously, yeah. <laughs> cool, now let me, let me ask one, one other question around. You, you said Aura's head office and, and founded in Finland. Yeah. 
and uh, you're in you're in Jersey, and and your other team members are in San Francisco. There's a lot of whole this you know work from anywhere culture, and I think that's a great thing. And I would imagine as a marketer, are there cultural sensitivities that you need to uh, be mindful of, um, or or anything when it comes to you know working for a, a, a company that's outside of North America? Any anything that you want to share there? Yeah, I mean, look. Uh... I, I, I've, I've certainly worked with international colleagues before, um, you know, when I was at Peloton and we had teams in, in the UK and in Germany and we launched Australia and you had to work all sorts of funny time zones and, and, uh, uh, and understand the cultural nuances in each region or country. Um, I am like loving working with Finnish people. Um, I... But yeah, there certainly the, a the time zone thing is bananas. There's a seven hour difference between New Jersey and my California colleagues are definitely like they have to wake up real early sometimes. Um, but um, but I think it gives you. I remember we were talking about agencies and I was talking about perspective, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of perspective when you have when you work so closely with people who come from different cultures, different backgrounds. They do think and see and behave differently, right? Um, Any examples? Uh, the Finns are really, really, really generally happy people, but they're not like happy, ha ha. Like, you know, they're like very deadpan, and you you think they're really serious all the time, but actually, they're quite happy inside. But they're not like, you know, whereas Americans, I think we're a little bit more jovial and yeah. we have to wear every emotion on our face and we're like smiling and and what's funny with covid now i've never waved so much have you like, constantly yeah, waving? True. i wave when i say bye no, and stuff. I, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely we're, we're just we're constantly trying to like express the americans are always expressing and i i think the finnish people are a little bit more real you know um and uh and i, I appreciate that as well yeah. Do you think they'd be really good poker players then? Is that what you're saying? Probably. I'm like a terrible poker player. Awful. I think your your aura would tell you, hey, you've been yeah. playing too much poker. Go to sleep, yeah. right? Is that what it <laughs> yeah, would be? Yeah. Your heart rate's up. She's got it. Yeah, she's got a straight flush. She got a straight flush. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're almost done. We're almost at the end of time. I'm here on, on our call. I, I figured, you know, ask you a few more of these um, get to know Karina type questions. You know, we've asked a few last time. Maybe we should ask a few more this time. Yeah, sure. Let's go. All right. So, last movie you just watched? Uh, Adam Project. What did you think of Adam Project? I, I loved watched it. it. Really? I love Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I watched it with my kids. I even let them. We we split it into two. We watched it on Sunday and Monday night. So I let them stay up late. I loved it. I thought it was really cute and spe- I just yeah, charming film. So you have two dogs. Are you a cat person at all, or just no soul on dog? I'm allergic person? to cats. I used to have, I had a cat when I was growing up and after it died, I became incredibly allergic to cats. I think it's psychosomatic, but because of that, I don't, I don't, I don't go around cats anymore. What's streaming on your, I don't know, Apple play. Oh my God. You know, I recently made a playlist for my son of old school hip hop and I've been, um, re-listening to old outcast albums, especially Atlian's. Wow. Just yeah. blast from the past. I know. Outcast. I love it. I think they're so talented. I was watching uh, the, the Super Bowl halftime show, and there was a Me. joke on the internet that said, if you are super excited about the performers on the Super Bowl, it's time for your colonoscopy. Yeah, it's time to go to bed. It's like, oh, come on. It's that time. Yeah. It's no, I know. It is quite, uh, Yeah, but I'm proud of I'm proud of my generation, and and I love that music. That uh, the, the Super Bowl halftime show was amazing. Actually, the last time it was on your podcast, had I told you about my love for Mary J. Blige? Yes, and that's right. Nineties hip hop. So, at least I'm consistent. And, you are you know. consistent. That's <laughs> right. What about um, I don't know, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, dark. Red wine, white wine. Oh, I do not discriminate in any way. I red, white, pink. Pink. 
All right. Vodka, tequila. Oh, okay. Drink. Ooh, exotic. No, so, no, so are you yeah. are you a are you a bourbon drinker, Scotch drink? Do you have any of those? I don't really like dark color, like the like whiskey. I like it. I don't get me wrong. I taste delicious to me, but I don't like the way it makes me feel the next day. So, like tequila is just a lot easier on the old, on the old guts. Oh, is that right? Tequila. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, it's less sugar. You know. What's your favorite word right now? Um, so it's not my favorite word, but I, 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 I'm getting really sentimental lately and I find that I say, I love you to my kids. Like, like I'll say it to them 20 times by 8am before they leave the house to go to when them, hi, good morning. I love you. I love you. I love you. What do you want for breakfast? I love you. Have a great day. I love you. I don't, I'm just obsessed with saying it to well, them. That's great. Do they, do they roll their eyes or what? Well, they, they, they say it back. Not as much as I say it to them. But that's okay. I don't say it as an exchange. I'm not waiting for an exchange. It's I just want I want them to know. But I say I love you a lot. So I think that's my favorite. I don't know. It's my favorite three words together. That's great. <laughs> do you have a, a favorite hour to be productive? Um, yeah, like mid-afternoon, like I find like, you know, actually eight. eight between eight and ten, I'm crazy productive. Then for some reason, I get ravenous and I like want to eat. Like my everything in my refrigerator. I don't know about you. Like I get really hungry. Like eleven. Like What's your eleven o'clock snack that you eat? I'll usually eat my breakfast. Oh, okay. Slash nut. Yeah. I have weird. I'll eat like at eleven and then at like four and then I'll have dinner. <laughs> Are you a smoothie or a uh, cereal type person? Neither. What do you eat for breakfast then? Like toast. Gluten. Toast, like super boring, just toast. Yeah, I don't eat gluten. I eat gluten-free toast, and I slather ridiculous amounts of butter on it. I love butter, salty butter mm. on toast. Is that is good. literally the antithesis of my wife's uh, breakfast right there, gluten-free toast. And she's like, uh-uh. Like, I try to buy gluten-free stuff for her. She hates it. Like, I need, uh, not, not, she needs the real gluten, and she's not a big butter fan, so that would be... Oh, what's all right. So, so if she, she came can... over, I'd make her whatever. You know, she likes cereal. I got that, too. That's good. It's gluten-free. My whole house is gluten-free, pretty much. So what's the one thing that you learned from your aura ring that you want to share? Um, I, I will tell you, I, not to be repetitive, but I will tell you, until I started paying attention to my aura ring and working at aura, I had no idea how important deep sleep is. Deep sleep. It is beyond, look it up. Google how much it. deep sleep do you need? Um, ideally, you would get you know, two hours or, you know, it's, it's more about like what percent of your sleep it makes up. Okay. Um, but I was consistently only getting like 10, 20 minutes of deep sleep a night. And it's something I've been working on. And I've learned how important deep sleep is for your body to restore, um, itself at night, how reparative and restorative and important deep sleep is. It is so important. I really encourage us all to like, you know, whether you choose to use Aura Ring or not, it's important to get good quality sleep. I find I, I mean, I find I get pretty good deep sleep, but I've never measured it. So maybe it's time for me to get an Aura Aura Ring now, but how do, okay, last thing, how do you work on, because, you know, I don't, you can work on, you know, getting abs or you can work on you know, um, making more money or you could work on spending more time with the kids. How do you work on getting more deep sleep? Yeah. I mean, so one thing that I think really impacted my ability to deep sleep is I would put my kids to bed at night and then I would read the news and I would fully doom scroll for like three hours on the internet and read just, yeah, read the stuff that's happening in the world. And that would, I think, stress me out. And then I would go to sleep stressed. And I didn't, and when I started sort of running little experiments with myself on nights when I didn't do that, I got more deep sleep. Um, so I think, you know, everybody's different. We all have different bedtime routines, you know, going to sleep, but it's, you know, not going to sleep when you're over exhausted, right? Getting to bed at a consistent hour every night. There's all sorts of life hacks or things you can do to optimize and put yourself in, in an optimal condition for great sleep. But those, those things are important. I think you take that for granted, most of us, you know? You know what? It's back to the old man, woman kind of conversation. I mean, we have now a bedtime routine as adults our, ourselves. Like we'll watch 20, 30 minutes of some comedy 
on Netflix mm. and then it sounds terrible. And then I drink my chamomile tea and then I read a little fiction and I don't, I definitely don't touch the news. I actually, that I is one thing that. that I don't do. I, I read the news usually not only, and I don't usually look at the news first thing when I get out of bed either, cause that'll just stress me out too. So I usually start cracking the news when I, right before I start working out. That's yeah, I think that's good. And the fact that you read before bed, I think that that really helps a lot of people reading versus being on a screen, even mm. if that screen is just not news, but Netflix, getting off the screen, getting rid of that, eliminating that blue light and reading a book. It's really good that you do that. I wish I could do that. I don't know why I can't. I try to read and I just, I doesn't hold my attention these days. Yeah. Well, you'll find something else, I'm sure. Well, I mean, Karina, hey, thank you very much for, for another go around at Marketing News Canada. I had a ton of fun and learned a lot more about you and your journey. So really appreciate it. Thank you, Ted. It's always lovely to see you, to talk to you. It's fun. I love your podcast. And thanks. Well, everybody, this is another episode of Marketing News Canada. I'm Ted and this is Karina. Check us out and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters. Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.